Welcome to the Picky Girl Travels Podcast. I'm Adelia Borashade. You know, the idea behind this podcast um, really stems from something that I think both of you and I feel very strongly about is that, you know, Black women have kind of been put in this place by society about the put in a box, the role they need to play, what choices they need to make in life. And so, you know, as I chose to blow up my life five years ago, what I found was there were other women who were kind of in that place of dissatisfaction, but they really did not have other people who had navigated that same space. They didn't have anybody to refer to. So that's kind of where the uh, the idea behind the podcast came from. And so I specifically wanted to talk to Black women who have chosen to live their lives on their own terms, you know, regardless what other people think. And so, of course, Miss Stephanie Perry uh, was at the top of my list. So thank you uh, for agreeing to chat with me, because I think a lot of people know you. They know that you uh, took a sabbatical around age 41, traveled the world. But, you know, what, what was your life like before that? What, what, what brought that on or what precipitated that? I, was, I worked a night shift job, and my whole life, like my whole schedule was just around my job, you know, like what hours am I going to be available? I'm going to work all night. I'm going to sleep all day. So, you know, anything that I wanted to do had to be figured into that, you know, had to be fit into that schedule. So that meant that, meant that I didn't really have much of a life except for going to work, coming home. I did run for a while. I'd go, come home, run, lay down on the sofa, pull out my calculator, and I would calculate how many more days exactly like this day I'm gonna to have to live through. I used to do that, it's really weird, but I used to do that. I'd sit down, pull up my calculator and I'd be like, all right, so I'm gonna be working for 25 more years. I work 50 weeks a year, five days a week. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna to have to do this same thing this many more times. And then I would lay down on the sofa, not even get up and get in my bed. I would lay down on my sofa, go to sleep, get up, in the evening and do it all over again. And that was my whole life, my whole day. Every now and then I would take a vacation. I would have to beg for vacation time for my job. Like they gave me vacation time, but I would have to beg for the actual days, you know. It's two different things. They oh yeah. Oh, I've worked at places like that. Like you have time off in theory until you try and use it. And then there's 50 million reasons of why you shouldn't take that leave right then. Exactly. So then every now and then I would get to take a vacation, be happy, and then come back and then count down to the next vacation. And that was it. It was me and my dog Star just hanging out on my sofa, wait, you know, waiting to get old so that I could live, you know, waiting until I retired so that I could do the stuff that I wanted to do. That was that was my life. And I was only 40. Like uh, I was an old lady at 40. <laughs> well, it, and you, you said something right there, waiting to retire until you can live, because that's kind of the programming we've all received that you have to work and you, you know, like that's the primary focus. You need to work. And then after you spent years and years of doing that, then you can take time off to do those things you enjoy. 
wrong. That's a scam. It's a trick of the enemy. Totally a scam. <laughs> totally a scam. Uh, so yeah, your your experience kind of mirrors mine because I very much had those moments where I sat and I thought like, is this what I'm going to spend X number of years just doing this? Is, is this it? What was the thing that just clicked that made you say, okay, I'm going to just quit. I'm going to take off. A couple of things happened close together. My mom retired. My dad had been retired. My dad retired pretty young. My mom retired at 65 and we took a vacation to California. My mom, my dad, and I went to Los Angeles. And my mom was, and my dad were a little achy. They were senior citizens, you know, and aches and pains were limiting what they could do. And I was like, they've waited all this time to be able to live and their body is like it, eh, but you know, you broke your body down, <laughs> working, working hard, broke you down. And so now you're limited. So when you, so the, you get to the point where you think you're going to be taking the roof off your life and not so you're limited in your body that happened. And then I did take a vacation to Brazil for my 40th birthday. And there were a lot of American travelers there because it was during the world cup. I don't watch soccer and I wasn't there for the World Cup, but I knew it would be a good party. So I went to Brazil during the World Cup. And every time I would meet other travelers from the US, they'd be like, oh, how long are you here for? And I would say five days. And they would be like, what do you mean? Like, no, no, not in town. Like, how long are you in Brazil? And I'd be like, five days? And then, you know, I found out that they were there for months and they were, you know, these were young people who were staying in the same kind of accommodation I was staying in. So they weren't rich kids. They were just, you know, like millennials who had figured out that you can quit your job. You can save up your money, quit your job and travel for a while and then go and get your job back. They put me onto it and introduced me to a couple of budget travel websites. And that was it. That was it. Changed everything. Then I knew that I could live that travel dream that I thought was just for people with a trust fund or people who were retired. I found out that I could do it now and there was no, no turning back. Fast forward, you have determined that you're gonna do this. You do it, you save up money, you quit your job and you take off, was the original plan for one year? Yeah, yeah. I saved up my $14,000 um, and I knew that I could last for one year with that money. I didn't have any way to make money while I was traveling back then. I didn't know a lot of stuff. <laughs> I didn't know house sitting. I'm a house sitter now. I didn't know about house sitting then. Um, so what I knew, you know, was that I could, I could travel pretty cheaply, you know, for about $40 a day and I could save up that much money, you know, and go. So I did, I did it. I went for a year. I went to Southeast Asia, Australia, a little, little sliver of Europe. And then I came back home and went back to work. At any time during that year off, did you waver from the notion that you would come back and go back to work? No, I didn't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any money, Adelia. I, can't, I left with the $14,000. I landed back in JFK Airport with $35. Hot so, damn, hot no. damn. It never, <laughs> it was never, at that point, it was never like, maybe I'll, I knew what I did know was that I wasn't going to come back to the exact same life. So I'd sold my stuff, even though the original plan was just to be gone for a year. I knew I was changing everything. I sold my stuff, sold my car, just, you know, I had a room in my parents' house and a closet full of, you know, Rubbermaid, Tupperware, Rubbermaid containers, you know, 
and that was it. So I knew I was going to come back to something different, um, but I didn't know exactly what the different was going to be. I thought maybe that I would try to move someplace without where I wouldn't need a car and, you know, like really just pare down my life. But I wasn't sure where, and I didn't think it was going to be outside of the U.S. Okay, so let's let's pause right there for a second, because I did not know that you had sold everything. Was that in an effort to raise funds, or was that because you knew that you were going to be living a different life afterward? Because I knew that I didn't want to come back and fit right back into that old life. Because I wasn't happy. I didn't like it. Well, no, that, <laughs> but see, but that's that's huge, recognizing that you are dissatisfied, that you are unhappy. That's one, that step one is huge. And then that second step of realizing that if I don't make a huge change here, I will come back and it'll be so easy to slide right back in again. So that, you know, like to me, that's a big deal and you should be applauded for that. Was there any hesitation with moving in with your parents? No. So not on my part, <laughs> maybe on their part, they always say your dream has always been to live with us. Like I've moved, I have moved myself in. My dad made me buy a house when I was 23 and I moved back in. So I've that house, I had that house foreclosed on. I couldn't do it. I couldn't handle it. I just like one day I pulled up in the garage with a bunch my car full of stuff. And my parents were like, what is she, she is moving back in? We got rid of you. We sent you out. What are you doing back here? So no, I, on my part, no, I don't care about that. I've seen enough people around the world who live as a family in a unit together to know that um, for me, having my own place, totally unnecessary. It's just a money drain for me, right? It's a money drain and uh, yeah, I don't need it. All around the world multi-generational housing is the norm in the u.s we're the weirdos <laughs> pushing 18 year olds out into the world and being like okay figure it out free yeah you're not free you're now burdened down with obligations <laughs> yeah okay so you came back with your 35 dollars in the bank and you got another job and what happened I went to work knowing that I was going to figure something out, right? Because my mom and dad were not going to let me just stay here. Even though they let me come, come back because they were happy to see me, they weren't going to let me just stay, stay, right? So I, I got a job and then I just started looking like, what can I do? Where can I go? I stumbled on house sitting. First, I started looking like, how can I travel again? Because there was so much of the world that I still hadn't seen, right? How can I travel again with no money? And that's just what I was Googling right? How to travel with no money and house sitting popped up. So I worked for, um, I, I went back, I went to work um, on the 90 day review where they sit you down and they say, Stephanie, you know, we'd like to keep, take you off of probation and make you a permanent employee. I said, thank you. But actually I'm putting in my two weeks notice. <laughs> I appreciate the, the loot, <laughs> but I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. You lasted a whole three months. I made it 90 days. That's okay. pretty <laughs> Yeah, because by that point, I had done, it, done enough Googles um, to know that I could house it and that I could do work exchanges, which I, I'd already done some work exchanges, and that um, 
I could make money online. So that's when I started doing my virtual assistant work. And, you know, I could do other things and go someplace where that little bit of money would sustain me. I think it is worth pointing out that your attitude was not, I need to come back and I need to make lots of money. It wasn't like I need to reinsert myself on the hamster wheel. It was, you know, I'm okay with not having a lot of money as long as I can do the thing I want to do. And so many people are afraid to do that. Well, I feel like you just get like trapped. So if I had stayed much longer, I would have needed to get a car. I'm in Dover, Delaware with my parents. If I stayed much longer, I would have needed to get a car, right? And then that would have led me to do some shopping. And then that, you know, then, you know, so I just wanted, I knew that if I was going to do it, I got to just do it. I have to go now. Um, I had enough ideas for how to make money, even though I really wasn't making money online yet. I had, an, I had a plan on how to make money online as a virtual assistant. Um, and yeah, I knew that if I stayed any longer, it would be so much harder to, to go back out. Because, you know, that stuff is, uh, it's just, it's just such a habit, you know, the, even the shopping, like it's just a habit and you just get used to the stuff and, you know, and that stuff just, it was weighing me down. I know that there are people who have stuff and are happy. And, 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 and that's the thing. It's not about, it's not anti-stuff. It is okay to own stuff, but it's not okay for your stuff to own you. Oh, yes. So, you know, it's, it, I, I, I was explaining to somebody recently about like how much time you have when you no longer shop as entertainment. The idea that, oh, I'm just going to go to Target and see what there is uh-huh. <laughs> because I live out of three suitcases my, and they each are 50 pounds a piece. My life does not allow me to pick up new things just because it was on sale. So, yeah. Plan for it. Right? Yeah, it's got to have a plan. It's got to have a purpose. If it doesn't, I have to really ask myself, should you be owning this? And for everything you get, you have to get rid of something else. Yeah, it really changes your perspective on things. Because even in this closet, in my mom and dad's house, there's stuff in there that has price tags on it from, you know, that I've been carrying for years. Like, literally, I quit that job. The last time I had enough money to do shopping like that was September 2015. So there are clothes in this closet from September 2015 with price tags on it. Still. Right? I was just just shopping to for, for a little thrill, for a little happiness or whatever you call it. It wasn't happiness, but for whatever, for that feeling. Um, but that was just money down the drain. Yeah, you live and you learn. Now, you mentioned house sitting and work exchange. Can you explain what those are and how they work? Because people may not be all that familiar with it. Yeah, house sitting, I think, is the world's greatest travel hack. I really do. I do. I, life hack. Cancel that. World's greatest life hack. So I stay in people's homes when, when they're gone and I take care of their responsibilities for them in their homes while they're away, whether that's watering the plants or walking the dog and feeding the dog and sleeping with the dog in the bed so the dog doesn't, you know, cry all night, you know, whatever that responsibility is, I stay in their home and take care of things for them while they're gone. In exchange, I get free accommodation. Sometimes I get use of their car. Um, sometimes they stock the fridge. Sometimes they even pay. Um, so work exchanges are very similar. Based, house sitting is a work exchange, basically. Work exchanges are just where you go 
and do work for someone for a few hours a day, usually three to five hours a day. In exchange, they give you free room and board. You get not just a bed, not just a place to sleep, but they feed you. Um, and it's a wonderful way to see the world and meet people and live in a like a, a local environment instead of being in the only in the tourist areas. I don't have anything against tourist areas. The fun, a lot of fun stuff is there, but doing work exchanges and house sitting means that you get to be in a local community as well. Um, and there are fantastic ways to see the world on a budget, even if you're not on a budget. You know, to see the world and meet new people because it eliminates the the expense of of lodging. Uh huh. Which is big. Which, yeah, which can be huge, which can be huge. You quit your job after 90 days. You knew you were, you were, you had these ideas for how you were going to make money. And um, so you left again. What happened? I left and just started my like nomadic life. I went to South Africa for a while. How long ago was this? This was September. Mm -mm. No, first I left September 2015, came back September 2016, and then I left again early 2017. So early 2017 I, is the last time that I had a job job. You know, last time I got a real paycheck. That's what I missed. <laughs> so, early September, I mean, early 2017 was the end of me as, as an employee getting a paycheck and benefits. Um, I went to South Africa first. I took a nice road trip. And, you know, just bopped around South Africa for a couple of months. And you, you did this solo, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, yeah. So solo travel is, um, is really easy for me. It's uh, like, it's really like, it's my comfort zone. Some people feel comfortable traveling with other people, but they will travel solo. I'm the reverse. I am a solo traveler. As but am I. <laughs> I'll go with you if you really want. Maybe. Yep. <laughs> Maybe. There's a very select handful of people that I feel comfortable traveling with. Otherwise, I just would rather travel by myself. Is that because of like the schedule, but like the, some people like to be so busy when they travel? Is it that? Or? I think part of it is the style of travel. I tend to want to be in like local areas. I like to wander. You yeah. know, there are times when if there are specific things I want to see, I will plan that out. But then there are other times that I just kind of research area, a neighborhood, and I just wander up and down the streets and see, you know, what kind of bakery can I find mm -hmm. or that sort of thing. And I think maybe other people think it's boring. I don't want to have to think about, <laughs> I don't want to have to take into consideration what do these other people want to do. Yeah. Um, and then it's the logistics of it. And it is, the sharing of space. There are very few people I want to share my space with, which is something I've had to come to terms with. Um, I could probably do a whole episode on that. <laughs> so um, I will travel in, let's say, a group of maybe four or five occasionally. There was a group of girlfriends. We would do a New Year's trip, and there would be about four or five of us. Uh, but outside of that, I pretty much, it's me or me and the dog. Yeah, yeah. I travel with my mom some. My mom comes to visit me when the house sit in Mexico. So she's pretty cool. We're both pretty laid back and, you know, you know, you know, chill. But the thing that is hard 
is that she expects me to plan out like meals. Basically, all we're going to do is eat for however many days, 12 days or however long she's down there. But I am the one who's supposed to plan out every meal. And I can't stand that. I'm like, mom, you need to Google a restaurant. Just look for a restaurant. She's got you to do that, though. <laughs> I know that's what she's thinking. <laughs> that's exactly what she came here for, for me to do it. Yeah, that's the only thing. Even even with people that I really enjoy traveling with, like my mom, and I took a trip with my cousin. That's the thing that gets to me. I'm like, I don't want to be the trip director, right? We're both traveling to this place. We both need to figure out what's happening. <laughs> yeah, because I, I feel you on that. Because if it's a group trip, I would like to just show up. Let's be there, uh-huh. Um, because if I'm going to plan it, I'm going to plan it to be what I want it to be. And you might not like that. So maybe I should just go by myself. So you went to South Africa. You took a road trip. Yeah. And then I started, then I came back to the U.S. and did some house sitting up and down the East Coast, mostly Boston and Washington, D.C. and some places like that. And then next thing I know, I'm booked to house sit in Mexico. So that was my first official house sit through trusted house sitters in international, my first international official house sit. So in, in South Africa, I'd done, I'd house sat for someone who just was like, oh, can you stay here while I go? But was it somebody you knew in South Africa? Yeah, my Airbnb um, host. Yeah. Yeah. My Airbnb host was leaving and was like, I have somebody coming in. Can you stay? <laughs> I guess basically that should have been a paid job now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, but you got a free place to stay, so. We both got what we wanted out of it. Yeah. Okay. But, so when you came back to the United States and you had, cause you mentioned trusted house sitters. Uh -huh. Now is that, that's uh, a website that you can find house sits on. When you came back to the United States, did you use them to find those house sits? Yes. Yes. Um, I came back to Delaware. A lady in Delaware was like, Oh, I need a house sitter. You know, I was on the site, but I was nervous, right? I was on the site, but the only house sitters that I saw when I did my Googles were white people, white kids, like in their early 20s, or white retirees. And so even though I paid for the membership on the site, I didn't apply for any houses because I was like, I don't know, are they going to take me? You know, we're still pretty which, segregated. Which <laughs> is a valid thought. I mean, I don't know a black person who exists in America who does not have that thought. That That's part of being black in America. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the reality of it. And so um, if there's anybody listening to this that happens not to be a black person, you know, this is your insight into one of those elements of what it means to be black in America. Yeah. Anytime you're going into a new space, you pause, you know, am I going to be welcome in this space? Is it even worth it? Right. Is it even worth trying? Even though I had spent my hundred whatever dollars on the membership, even still, I was like, is, I don't know if it's even worth trying, you know, but she reached out. So I put my profile up without um, sending any requests, you know, and then she reached out to me because she was local and she was like, I have a last minute trip. Can you help? So I did that house sit and that was it. Like from then on, I am a house sitter. The house sit went smoothly. Um, and I started looking for other places in the country and in the world where I could go. That was it. From then on, I'm like Stephanie Perry, house sits around the world. <laughs> I'm not, forget all that other stuff. I am now a house sitter. 
I will now introduce myself as a house sitter and I will get business cards that say house sitter, which I do have. And, <laughs> and this is what my life looks like now. All because I, you know, somebody reached out and I did get a chance to give it a try. Um, you mentioned that you, your first international house sit was in Mexico. Talk about that for a little bit. Well, Mexico is my love. I love Mexico. This was my first time there, believe it or not. I had never been. It's our neighbor, and I'd never been to Mexico. I saw a house sit in a town I'd never heard of, Lake Chapala, but it was for a full month, and so it sounded wonderful. I did my Googles, and I found out that it was a nice area, and it was pretty and you know popular with American and Canadian retirees, so it, was, it had a lot of modern, a lot of, not modern, a lot of American conveniences that we're used to, like a Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> So I applied for the house sit. I went down there. When I got there, by the way, I got there without my luggage, thanks to American Airlines. I have this problem with them so many times. But I got there without my luggage. They had a little welcome get together for me and, and invited their little retiree friends over. To meet the house sitter. Meet me. <laughs> so that because I was going to be there for a whole month and they were probably 15 minute, a 15 minute drive out of town. So they just want to make sure I was going to be looked after, you know, which was very kind. They're Canadians. Canadians are very kind people. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, during that little meet and greet, I exchanged contact information with all their little senior citizen friends. And next thing you know, I was booked to house it for six months straight in that area in Lake Chapala, Mexico. So this is maybe not even 30 minutes south of Guadalajara. So, you, you know, fly in and out of Guadalajara Airport, uh, but it's a lake town with you know, high elevation, so like it's eternal. Say great weather. Beautiful. Perfect, well, wonderful place. So this now like my second home. I now house it there six months out of the year, and I have regular house sitting clients that I go back and forth for. Um, but that first experience internationally was great. You know, it was, it was like exactly what I was, what I was looking for, and, and more. It was what I was looking for in my life, to be able to, pick up destination on the map, go there, live there for weeks and months at a time, and just chill, you know. Because when you are house sitting, what are you doing? <laughs> for about one hour a day, I have stuff to do, right? Um, especially if they're pets, maybe one hour a week if there are no pets, right? But if they're pets, you know, you have to feed the pet and walk the pet and brush the pet and, you know, regular stuff. And then I just am living in a house. Okay. Cause that was, that's, that's really what I'm trying to get at is that basically you get to experience life in this place. Mm -hmm. It's not that you are going and you are working mm -hmm. the whole time you're there. It's you do a little minuscule amount of work while you get to enjoy living in this place and not having to worry about paying for a place to stay. That's exactly right. I just get to live. I get up. I usually go, you know, a lot of places they have like the daily market or a couple times a week market. I go to the market. I get some, I'm going to say the word, the V word, vegetables and some fruit and get some whatever, whatever looks good for that day. And then I come back and then I might take a nap. I might read. I might do whatever. I might just like sit. <laughs> I might whatever, watch a lot of TV and YouTube whatever, you know, but I, I am just living in that house in that town for that period of time. Now, if you are going internationally, there's the issue of a visa. Now you are 
this is not considered work. So you're there on a tourist visa. Yes, I'm just in on a tourist visa. Okay. And I even tell them, they, you know, how they ask, you know, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, I'm visiting. I'm a house sitter. And they're like, what? Is that? Is that <laughs> and I can imagine in Mexico, there's, they probably struggle with that. Um, because every time somebody asks me, now that I'm back here, somebody asks me, well, what do you do? What kind of work do you do? <laughs> and technically, I'm not working. And that does not compute. Because yeah. if you are alive and you are able-bodied, you should be doing somebody's work. Mm -hmm. So I imagine that they're like, what does she mean? House, house sitter? What is that? Yeah. Um, when I say I take care of their pets, they're like, wait. <laughs> Wait, are you kidding? <laughs> and if anybody doesn't know this, uh, Mexico has a very generous uh, tourist visa. M uh, most, Amer not most Americans, American passport holders and actually quite a few countries, you get up to 180 days on a tourist card when you enter the country with no special preparation. Um, it can be less, but the vast majority of the immigration officers give you six months automatically and send you on your way. So um, that's one of the reasons I think Mexico is a, a, a favorite destination of people is because visa-wise, it's pretty simple to navigate. It's very easy. You just show up. I thought I was going to have to show them something, you know, I because, you know, I don't know. I thought maybe they were going to try to give me 90 and I was going to have to say, no, please give me 180 days. But no, automatic. It's, autom it's been automatic. Okay. And so that first international house sit went well. <laughs> you were booked up for six months and now you are, you're a professional house sitter. So, if somebody is listening to this and they're like, this sounds like the thing that I need to be doing, how, how do you, how, if I want to be a house sitter, how do I get started? You get on a house sitting service. Trusted House Sitters is the largest. They're international. Uh, Mind My House and House Carers are also pretty big. Uh, but Trusted House Sitters is the only one that I've ever used. I signed on with them. I booked the first house sits with them. They were great. So I've never bothered to sign on with another service. Right. How did you choose them? Uh, there was a blog post by a woman named Professional Hope, not named, a woman called Professional Hobo. Her name is Nora Dunn. I read a blog post of hers. She was the only house sitter I could find who wasn't 21 or 81, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> I think she was in her 30s or 40s. Um, and so I was like, okay, she sounds legit, you know? <laughs> so I read her blog post and she had used trusted house sitters. So I used trusted house sitters, but I think I probably also scrolled around just to see, cause you can see what house sits are listed. I scrolled around just to see what was available too, just to make sure that it was. So you can see kind of what's available before you pay your money, before you sign up. Yeah. You can see like just the first snapshot. You can't scroll through the listings. You can just see the very basics. Yeah, so that's helpful too, because if you're if you want to specialize in one area, you know, like if you know you want to house it in a particular place, like maybe you want to house it in Southeast Asia, it's a good idea to check out the sites and see who has the most robust listings in the region that you're interested in going. I've found trusted house sitters to be good anywhere, but check check them all out. House house cares and mind my house are the other two big ones, and then there are small. Are not small, but then there are also country-specific sites. Like there is a site called House Sit in Mexico, 
I haven't joined them because I haven't had to, um, but you know, there are country specific sites also. It, it, I've, I've seen house sitting become more popular. Now, I think you are still the only black person I know who's a house sitter. Um, but I almost wonder, are, do you think there's going to be more people who want to house sit than there are houses available? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, because house sitting is uh, time, like even, I don't know, I don't want to call it time bound, but you know, people have to have time to house sit. You have to have, you have, to have your life in such a way that you've got that time available yeah. to go and so yeah I guess that does uh limit the pool a little bit and uh, take some sort of vacation so I like to house sit for retirees who are gone for a month or three months you know but there are people who are needing a house sitter for a four-day weekend you know so you know and anybody with a pet is a potential house sitting client uh, and now post-COVID a lot of a lot of people have gotten new COVID pets right they <laughs> were home alone and they went and got a new pet so next time they go out, they're going to be looking for a house sitter too. So I don't think there's a danger of that. I've never looked on the site and been like, oh, there's no house that's available. It's never like that. Even now, like even now when we're supposed to be in staying- the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> when we're supposed to be staying home. <laughs> I'm like, Texas, what are y'all doing? Everyone in Texas seems to be going on vacation. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I don't think that's a danger. And I do. I interviewed Tanaj and Tino on Instagram there. T-E-N-A-J underscore T-I-N-O underscore. Okay. So they're a husband and wife from New Orleans and she's black and they house sit. So there are other black house sitters out there. I want to shout them out too. Um, yeah. So they house sit as a couple. A lot of people think because I am a single house sitter, they think house sitting is for single people, but people love couple house sitters. So they're a couple from uh, New Orleans who are house sitters and, and, um, they talk a little bit about it. A lot of people who are house sitting are not talking, you know, they're not talking. Yeah. About and that, that's true life. there. Maybe I do know other house sitters, but they just aren't very vocal about it. Yeah. Okay. So you use trusted house sitters. Um, you would sign up for them. I'm hearing that they've got domestic house sits. They've got international ones. They've got short weekends. They've got multi-month ones. Um, is it expensive? It's $125 for a membership. I have a special code. I'm an ambassador for Trusted House Sitters. I have had, because I have a YouTube channel and I've had so many people sign up with my link, they gave me a special discount, but it's a discount that I'm not allowed to put on the internet. Not kidding, this isn't a joke. <laughs> so I have a special discount code that I'm not allowed to put on the internet for 40% off. Uh, but so if somebody if somebody's listening to this and they're like, yes, Stephanie, I would like that 40% off code, how do they get it? You can email me, stephanie at vicarious.com. So I have a full house sitter toolkit, which you can get online if you don't want to email me for the shy folks, because there are people out there who <laughs> just will not, no matter how many times I say email me, they won't do it. So you can go to housesit.vacarious.com slash toolkit. I know it's long, but Adelia will put the link. I'll put, it, I'll put it in the show notes, so don't worry about that. If you don't want to email Stephanie, we will put a link in the show notes for you. But what that means is that, that that's an online, because that's an online thing, it's not the 40% off discount. So you're, there's a link, there's a button to click to email me that, that way to get the 40% off. Because seriously, I have a 40% off code, but I can email it to you. I can't just post it on the internet. 
because okay. uh, I'm not there. I'm not letting them take that away from me. That's a good discount. <laughs> okay, so that's that's not bad because basically, even if you pay full price, you're paying $125 for basically a year of accommodation. That's right. From from my membership in from 2018 to 2019, that membership, I housed that for 11 months straight. 11 months straight, I housed that on that $125. And <laughs> if somebody's thinking like, okay, well, yeah, you're paying $125 for a year's worth of accommodations, but what kind of accommodations are they? Like, you weren't living in shacks. Oh, no, indeed. My mom, <laughs> my mom said, oh, my gosh, you have such nice, beautiful houses. I'm like, yeah, that's the point. Like, <laughs> it's a rundown, you know, raggedy place. No, I'm picking a house that in a city I want to go to with weather that I want to enjoy in a home that I want to snap pictures in, right? <laughs> that, is, that is how I have situated my entire life. My life revolves around where can I be to take great pictures right now? That's it. So I've been in some beautiful homes. I try not to post the homes on the internet too much, but every now and then I sneak and do. I did a beautiful house sit in Amsterdam that was just, hands down, just gorgeous. And I can't wait. Like, I have them listed as my favorites. And next mm -hmm. time they that they need a house sitter, I will be the first person to apply for that. Because <laughs> I didn't get to, it was shorter that time. It was maybe seven or ten days. And I didn't get to do too much Amsterdam stuff. So, uh, yeah, beautiful homes. There, I mean, there. These are people's homes, right? So you know, you have the 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 gamut from. So you can, if you if if it's important to you that a space be aesthetically pleasing, yeah. you can choose to focus on uh, sits that are that. If you're like, look, I don't care. I just need to be there. You can choose a place that maybe is not as aesthetically beautiful. That's right. Pick based on your priorities. Weather is very important to me. It's not important to some people or, you know, or they like the cold. I say I boycott winter, but there are people who like the cold. Go to Canada. I mean, house sitting is, is booming in Canada. I would imagine so. Yeah. So whatever your priorities are, you can find house sits for that. You know, if your priority is if you need someplace that's accessible, you know, someplace you don't have, you don't want to deal with stairs and whatever, look for house sits that are accessible if you don't want to even if you don't want to do pet sits most house sits are pet sits but even if you don't want to do pet sits you can find them they're in high demand and you have to be fast uh, but and they're usually long but they're out there so whatever you need you have to be in the place to be able to take advantage of it when it comes and so it's to get okay so you make your account you make your profile and you said the first house that you got you didn't even attempt to get it they came to you but let's say I see this gorgeous house and I'm like I need to be there I need to apply or how does that work you have a profile so you put you make sure that your profile is already on the site um, if you can set up a dating profile you can set up a house sitting profile it's basically an introduction to who you are and if you have some sort of experience, talk about that. If not, then not. If you have experience, you know, if you, if you take care of somebody's home or pets or plants when they travel, put that in there. That's experience. That counts. If not, then not. That's fine. But it's a way to give people a sneak peek into your personality, right? A way for you to shine through on their screen. 
Um, and then you make sure that you get a reference. When you don't have reviews yet, you just get someone to write you a reference that says, Adelia is responsible and caring and uh, you know I trust her with my home or whatever. Um, and then you're ready to go. You're ready to go on the site. You just look for houses. I set up alerts because I usually know dates and kind of cities. Sometimes so, my, sometimes literally my alert is just Europe. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So you set up an alert and when somebody posts that they have a house sit that fits those criteria, you get a, a message that says, Hey, look, this is available. Sure do. Okay. So either you get an alert or you see one that you want, you like click a button and apply and is it an automatic thing or do you have to interview? How does that work? You, so you, what you're sending them a, an email. Okay. okay. So you think pops up and it's a message. It's not tech. It's an, it's a message on the platform. So you're sending them a message on the platform. I use a template and it's in that toolkit. So I use a template that is that I just copy and paste and fill in their dates and their pets names and the city, you know, so that it looks like it's, personalized you know, yeah personalized uh, but yeah you send that message they receive the message and then it's just like any other like interview process some people will immediately reply and say I'd love to chat with you about this some people will wait until they have 20 or 30 applicants and then they'll pour through everybody's application some people will just take the very first person who applied right <laughs> so you don't know what kind of person you're really dealing with until you apply um, that's why I like to be early but um, most of the time we're talking in just a few days time because these are people who are trying to plan their travel they need to get this squared away before they can get everything firmed up so most of the time they're going to get you on a on a video call and within 30 seconds of that video call you know that they're going to take you you know you've built a little bit of a rapport they can see that you're a real person and you seem friendly and happy and you know <laughs> fun and you know like the kind of person that they wouldn't mind staying in their in home. Their house. Um, okay. a quick phone call and then you confirm each other and you're set. You're set to go. So let's say you have like applied for a sit. If you, if they are not considering you, maybe they, you're like 27 and they took the first person or they have started the interviews and they found somebody they love. Do you get notified that you weren't chosen, that it's not available anymore? Yeah. You just get an automatic message. Um, and sometimes they'll send you a personal message as well. Thank you for applying. We've chosen someone else. I don't, I don't hold dates for people until they confirm me. So if, especially if it's, you know, like, like, for example, I wanted to go to New Orleans for Essence Festival in July. So in January, I set an alert for those Essence Festival dates in New Orleans. And um, I had a couple of people, um, I applied for a couple of house sits at that time. And the first person didn't, was really slow. And so I actually took the second, you know, the second person that I applied for is the one who confirmed me first. Okay. So I don't wait. I don't hold dates on people. If I want to be in a place at a time, I keep going through the process until I get confirmed. Um, and yeah, and then you're confirmed. Once you're confirmed, 
it depends on your communication style and their communication style. Sometimes you'll keep talking to each other, you know, because they usually give you their WhatsApp if they're younger than, if they're under 50, they'll usually want to communicate through WhatsApp. If they're older than 50, they'll usually want to just keep communicating on the site or maybe on email, which I hate. I can't stand when they want to email me. <laughs> but you know, some of these people are like 70 and 80 years old. So just do what they are comfortable with. I was just thinking, you know, like on Airbnb, you're told to keep your conversation on the platform. Does Trusted House Sitter have any restrictions about that sort of thing? I guess because there's no money changing hands. That's right. There's no money changing hands. So they're, they're like, you know, do what you want. Do whatever you feel comfortable with. Their messaging site is not super convenient. Like on, you know, like if you're WhatsApping somebody, you can see the message and, you know, yeah. Um, theirs is not convenient, so they know that most people are not communicating on the site, and it's perfectly fine. It's not. It's not like with Airbnb where you're like, "Is this person trying to scam me? Why are they trying to get me off the site?" Okay. It's just because the site is not the best, not the most modern. Okay, so you apply, you get accepted, you confirm, and then I mean, you you make your travel arrangements, right? Yes, the house sitter gets themselves to and from the house it yeah so you're responsible for your own transportation the only thing they're giving you is accommodation if they live outside of a town like i said when i went to lake Chapala, they live 15 minutes outside of town they gave me use of their car and that's not uncommon if they live away from public transportation and away from uber and lyft um, it's not uncommon for people to give the house sitter use of their vehicle while they're gone um, and then if you're if they're in a city they almost never offer it um, but yeah, so you get yourself there, you get yourself situated. Uh, in the past, a lot of the house sits would happen where I would arrive before they left, sometimes even a full day before they left, and they'd show me around town. Was that your request or theirs? Theirs. They like that. They like to be a host <laughs> before they leave. I am not that type of person. I, I actually prefer, please be gone. Yeah, because that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, no, I just want to show up after you're gone. I don't, yeah. Like, you know, some people have like hospitality skills. Yes, and I know I do not. That is not my strong suit. So I am aware of that. Oh, okay. So sometimes that used to happen where they would show, you know, show me around like that Amsterdam trip she was packing for herself for the family and they had three kids so I know she was busy but she stopped and took me to the grocery store showed me around the ATM was in the basement she was really concerned that I wouldn't know how to get cash and she took me down to the basement of the store you know showed me her favorite coffee shop the husband stopped and showed me how to use the sound system was it Sonos the sound system you know sometimes it's that detailed and thorough and I was there at, like probably more than 24 hours before they left no no like 12 hours before they left. Uh, other times I get there after they're already gone and they have a lockbox with a key or they have the keyless entry, a keypad to let me in. And, you know, I figure it out for myself. They, you know, always have some sort of instructions either on the website or like a book. Some people literally have a full book for their house sitters, people who get house sitters often. Uh, so house sitting is good for people who are self-sufficient, if you're self-reliant. If you're the kind of person who needs you to walk you, needs someone to walk you through things, it's going to be really hard to be a successful house sitter, you know, to be happy with house sitting. But if you're the person who can walk into a new situation and give it a try and figure things out, then you'll like house sitting, you know, I like it. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that because I, 
I do like to ask, what are the skills somebody would need to be able to do this? Or who is this not right for? It's, it's not right for somebody who sees it as a way to get over, right? Like I can stay there and I get a free place to stay and I'm not giving anything in exchange. You're giving something in exchange, even if they don't have pets, right? You're, you're there to take care of their property, to take care of their home. Um, and you're helping them live their travel dreams. Like we're travelers, we love to travel, but you know what? So do they. And we're helping them live their dream to go wherever it is they're going. You know, that Amsterdam family went to New York City for Easter, right? Like that was their big dream. That was their family trip. I house sat for a woman in her 80s who was crossing off items from her bucket list. And she went to Albuquerque, New Mexico for the Hot Air Balloon Festival. That was one of the items on her bucket list, right? So I got to go and help her live that dream. I I I mean, like I I take that seriously. I feel really glad about that, being a participant in this, Thing. Well, that's just it, because if, if they didn't need something from you, they would not be looking for a house sitter. They right. would just lock up the house and go about their lives. So, yeah, I think people do need to understand that there is a responsibility that you are there to provide something, some service, some labor, something like that. And so after, I assume it's like Airbnb, where afterwards you can uh, rate each other. Yes, you give them a review, they give you a review. A five-star review will take you around the world, right? You get that first spot, you have a letter of reference that says you're a great person, and then you get a five-star review, you are off house-sitting. You are now a worldwide (laughs) house-sitter. Yeah, so that you you give them a review, they give you a review. I um, take reviews very seriously because that's the only thing that you have as a house-sitter to know what you're walking into, you know. So you mean like a potential house sit, what reviews they have? Yes, yes. I read those, you know, I don't just look at the number and see that they have five stars, but I read them because the other house sitters have, are vetting them for me, right? Other house sitters are going through this experience to tell me what it's gonna be like. Um, house, sitting, house sitters are nice people, you know, we're relaxed, <laughs> we don't have bills, so we're pretty relaxed people. So it's easy for us to give a house sit a five-star review, but you have to read the review to get the real, the real deal, you know, to find out, is this neighborhood walkable, right? Or is, you know, are you going to be, you know, stuck in the, you know, are you going to have to order all your groceries, you know? Is the pet a snorer, you know, just stuff like that. Is this going to be- Things you would need to know. I don't want to say, are there euphemisms? But in staying at Airbnbs, I have noticed that there is certain language in reviews that tell me, oh, this is not a place that I want to stay. Yeah, with Airbnbs, one of the things that you see sometimes is um, such and such happened, but we, fig- we fixed, or such and such happened, but they fixed it, right? They're trying to say, this is a problem. <laughs> but they always, you know, lead with the, you know, at least they fixed it. You know, or, they if, fixed or if all it says is, um, great location, mm. but they don't go into any detail, you know, like, cause if it is a truly, at least for me on Airbnb, if it's a truly fabulous place where they were truly, they had a great interaction with the host. I think people say that. Is there anything on, 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 uh, the house sitting site that people might need to look out for or kind of have in the back of their mind? Yeah, it's um, contact me 
for more information. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say, uh, they'll give you some details, you know, the dog was fine and whatever, whatever. Contact me for more information. And they'll still give that person a five-star review, but I know there's something, you know, there's something. Usually it's maybe a, a client who's kind of picky because sometimes you just, you know, get annoyed. But sometimes clients are really particular about things. They're particular in their own home and they want you to be very particular in their home. And, you know, it's usually something like that. Nothing. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's ever been a time where I've seen a review and been like, they're trying to tell me something bad. You know, it's usually just like, they want you to know that this person is a handful. Have you had any negative experiences or experiences that did not go to plan? I have. I had, so I, my rule is that I don't take house sits that either. So I, I book quite a few word of mouth house sits that are not on trusted house sitters because those are, I can charge for them. Um, so I, my rule is not to book a house sit either that doesn't either have amazing reviews on the site or from a person who hasn't, from a referrer who hasn't been in their home, you know. So you can't just be like, so-and-so needs a house sitter, but I've never been in their house. I'll just say, thank you. Thanks for thinking of me. And then I just forget it. I'm not, I'm not dealing with that. Um, but on the site, I don't take house sits. I don't even apply for house sits if they don't have any reviews. And sometimes you see a person who has had a house sitter before and no reviews, and that's not common. Um, I took a house sit like that. She had had three house sitters before, no reviews. When I got there, um, her dog was not trained, I guess is the word. Her dog was... Um, a newly adopted dog who would get a, who was fearful and would get aggressive at times. Um, we were fine for the first day, but on the second day, when I tried to remove his collar after we went for a walk and we had a good time, I, when I tried to remove his collar, it was like this prong thing that was a different kind of collar. Uh, the prongs went into his neck and he went after me. Like I thought this dog is about to bite me. I've never oh my I've gosh. before. Because people baby their dogs, you know, and most people's dogs are just like little babies. The bigger, even the humongous dogs are just little marshmallows, you know. So this is the first time I'd ever had that happen. He went after me. I had to give him commands and get him down and, you know. Um, so I contacted her and she said to me, oh, yeah, that happens with that collar. Uh, the last house sitter had to call animal control on him. What? Oh, goodness. I, I was furious. And upset with myself. I was so mad at her. Yes, and, I, and you had every right to be furious with her. And I was so mad at myself because all I had to do was ask her, why don't you have reviews? You know, how you had three house sitters before and nobody even left you a, you know, nice location review, <laughs> you know? Well, that's good that you can see that she has had, that someone has had house sitters. You can tell because I would have thought that, oh, if there are no reviews, that means they've never had a house sitter. So it's good that you can at least see that. Okay. I appreciate that on that site. Yeah. I don't know if the other sites do that, but trusted house sitters definitely does that. And that I, now I pay, I pay attention to that. I know what that means. Basically, it means I don't have anything nice to say, so I'm not going to say anything. No, I'm not going to say it. Well, no, because I do that on, on Airbnb as well. Yeah, I might yeah. give them a star rating and then just not say anything else because, yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. You know, that's just how you do. Yeah, it's common, especially when you need them to give you a review as well. Well, yeah, and yeah. that's the thing. Now, you have not, I assume, had any issues with unflattering reviews of you. I have not. Um, I get great reviews. When I read the reviews, I'm like, wow, I am awesome. <laughs> 
wow, no wonder everyone books me. Yeah, no, I haven't had any problem with that. Um, I communicate what um, what I'm going to do for them. You know, I, I make sure that I'm clear on what they expect and what I'm going to do so we don't have any problems. And I don't take house sits that expect me to do things that I don't want to do. That way we don't have any problems, right? I don't do yard work. Every now and then you'll see a glorious like chalet somewhere in Switzerland or like a manor home in the English countryside, but they want you to also tend to the garden. I mean, for somebody that is paradise. It's four months or six months or whatever. Somebody would love that. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I don't even do puppy house sits where they want you to take the puppy out every three hours because the puppy's not trained yet, you know. Puppies are work. I don't even do those and I love dogs. Yeah. So I, yes. So I make sure I protect my own reputation as a house sitter by not doing house sits that I don't want to do. Right. We both benefit. They find somebody who wants to do the stuff that they want done and they don't have to complain about it later because I'm not going to do it. Uh, And I don't have to worry about my um, reviews dropping, dipping down. So are there any other best practices of someone who wants to do house sitting and they want to do a good job, you know, like the, I don't know. I don't know what kind of advice you might have or what kind of tips you might have so that someone who's coming into the game can make sure that they keep a five-star rating and that sort of thing. It's pretty simple. Just be clear. If you have questions, ask your questions. You know, if you have questions about what they want you to do, ask. Be clear, communicate. The hardest part is just getting used to people's communication styles. Some people, some clients are gone for 30 days and they expect me to text them every day and update with their dog. I've had a woman in, um, she was in Greece on a glorious, she was on a house sit. I house sit for people sometimes when they, go, when they go to house sit. She was on a glorious house sit on an island in Greece and she wanted updates more than once a day, like twi- at least twice a day. I'm like, lady, You're in Greece, like, (laughs) go enjoy it. But she missed her dog. Her dog, you know, your pets are are your children. You know, she missed them. And and she didn't know me, you know. Yeah. And I take good pictures, I think. Part of the problem is I take such good pictures of their dogs. They're like, more, more, more. (laughs) So so she wanted updates every other, I mean, more than once a day, twice a day. Uh, And then I had a house for a woman that was three months long. And she was like, you know what? Please stop messaging me every day. The hardest part is just getting into their communication style, figuring out what, you know, what, how often they want to hear from you um, and what kind of stuff around the house they might want to hear from you about. In my New Orleans house sit, so I booked that house sit for Essence Festival. And even though Essence Festival was canceled, I still did it. And during that house sit, power went out and her power company has an app, you know, and so she got notified that the power went out. And she was like really worried. And I'm like, oh no, the man's already, you know, I was on the website by the time she had contacted me, contacted me, I was on the website looking to see if I needed to report it or whatever. It was pretty high tech and they had a little green dot thing. So I knew that they knew it was happening, Um, but she wanted me to give her updates on the power company, you know, mostly because she wanted to make sure I wasn't there in the dark and upset, you know, a matter of knowing what they want you to update them on and what kind of stuff they're like, don't tell me. You know, the house that also had a raccoon who came to the back door every day <laughs> and I didn't tell her about it. And then finally, I was going to ask, did she tell you about the raccoon? They didn't mention it. They have, they had two house cats and then they also feed a stray cat on the back porch. So I was leaving food every day on the back porch for the cat, food and water. And a little raccoon was looking in the door window like, uh, it's time to put that food out here. <laughs> 
<laughs> you are late. <laughs> so I took a couple pictures of the raccoon and then shoot him away. Uh, multiple, like three or four days in a row. So finally on the last day, I sent her a picture of the raccoon and they're like, yeah, that's our, our um, trash panda, they called him. But so she did know, but I don't, you know, you like, do I tell her or do I? Yeah, you know? because you don't want to share something that might upset them or, you know, cause them worry because they're supposed to be off on their vacation doing their thing. That's right. Yeah. You want them to enjoy their time off. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the hardest part. Seriously. Uh, figuring out the communication pattern that you are going to have between this client who you've never met before. I really like house sitting for regulars. I've gone back. I've had people that have house sat for three or four times already. Um, and I really love that because, you know, they're more relaxed and comfortable. And then in those cases, do they just contact you? To book? Yeah. 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 They'll be like, yeah, like I have one right now in Mexico and she's like, keep the whole month of December for me. If, if we can, if I can travel, you're coming down here. Yeah. So they just reach out. Once you house it for someone, you are now free to book them on your own. Some of my regulars, we still book through the site and some of my regulars, we book on our own. It depends. You can't get paid through these sites. So the ones who know that and want to pay will book me offline. And I'm fine with that. Really fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Let's talk about that. What can a house sitter make if they are booking paid gigs? What, how, like, is there, I assume there is work involved. How much more work is that? Like, what is, how does that go? One thing about me, I can't negotiate. So <laughs> <laughs> I give you these numbers. Understand that this is just me saying, okay, to whatever they throw at me. Okay. So <laughs> generally, for a house sit, I would just accept whatever it's going to cost me to eat for that day. So in Mexico, seriously, $10 a day, I'm good. $10, I'm getting breakfast, lunch, dinner, and drinks. <laughs> so I'm having churros with my coffee. You know, I'm, I'm fine. Um, in San Francisco, I charged $25 a day because I thought that that's what it was going to cost me, and that was not enough. Um, I've heard of a, a, a lady who I am friends with charges $50 a day in the U.S. I'm not the best person to give this answer. <laughs> okay, but that's okay, acknowledging that. But I think, you know, people would be curious to know kind of what that could be. When you were paid, what kind of work did they expect you to do? The same stuff. My, I have a regular in Mexico who has a housekeeper and a dog walker. So like, I don't have to do anything. So, so there is, okay, because I guess my concern was that there people wouldn't value the fact that you're there, just you being there, knowing that, hey, there's somebody there with my dog when I'm not around. Like, they can put a monetary value on that as opposed to, oh, well, she should be happy she has a place to stay. People don't really have that mentality. A lot of house sitters are locals, right? And you still have to pay your rent. You know, your house sitting, you know, house sitting as a travel means is kind of new. Even Trusted House Sitters, I don't think is 10 years old, the website. House sitting to travel is, is relatively new. Most people are used to having to pay someone to look after their stuff while they're gone. So it's no big deal. And they don't expect... You know, I have, I've never had anyone say, well, I'm paying you, so you have to do X, Y, Z, you know, okay. never, ever. I've had, and I have people who, when I've done house sitting with them, when they come back, they're like, okay, you can stay for three, four days or however long. I, that happens. I do that a lot. My mom <laughs> is so weird, but I'm like, hey, I ain't got nowhere. My next house sit doesn't start until next week. I'm staying. I stay, yeah. well, I stay here now. <laughs> and when you stay in someone's house, 
do they have a guest room or are you sleeping on the couch? Yeah, the last time I did it, they had like an, um, an Airbnb, they had a separate Airbnb. In Mexico, some people have casitas, like a little guest house in the back uh, with a full, like the last casita I stayed in had a full kitchen. One, it was a one bedroom, one bath and a full kitchen. It's wonderful. I wish I could live there. Um, so yeah, so wherever, whatever the extra space is, if they don't have extra space, they don't invite me to stay and I don't ask them to stay. But if they do, I do it. You know, yeah. <laughs> On a listing, does it tell you where you will be sleeping? No, not usually. Uh, that's something that people forget, you know. So, but usually once you go do your one on your face to face call, that's when you usually find out. Because sometimes they'll take the little computer and walk you around on, on Skype and walk you around the room. Um, and I've done it all. I've, I've house sat for people who stayed in a studio apartment. So, of course, I'm sleeping in their bed. Um, I've house sat for people who had an extra apartment, you know, like a full basement apartment or that other people had the full Airbnb that was upstairs, you know. So, it, it varies. Sometimes I'm in the kids' room <laughs> and the kids are like, excuse me, I need to come in and get my doll. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, never, it's, it's never the same. It's always something different. But, but usually they don't put that in the listing. You just find that out when you're talking. How long do you think you're going to be a house sitter? I think as long as... Indefinitely. I don't know. As long as I feel good about bopping around from place to place. I don't have any desire to stay in one place. If I did, it would be Portugal and I'd probably still house it in Portugal. So <laughs> I don't have any desire to stay in one place right now. So I don't know. I like it. I like talking about it. You said, you said, you know, you weren't sure if you were going to have me on the podcast because you thought I was tired of talking about podcast, but you thought I was tired of talking about house sitting, but I love talking about it. I love introducing new people to it. Um, I, re I mean, it's been a wonderful way to flip my life. Instead of my life being about work and then fitting in other things, my life is about the other things. And then I fit work in when I feel like it, you know, <laughs> when I have to. <laughs> I, love th I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah. And so that's what house sitting has done for me. And I, I enjoy it. I enjoy having pet company when I'm in a new city. It's really nice to go out walk around someplace, come back and have a dog at the door. Happy to see you. Cause I'm, you know, I'm alone a lot of my time. A lot of my time is alone. Um, so I don't know how much longer, but longer, more, <laughs> I'm not done. <laughs> if somebody wants, you mentioned your, you've got your YouTube channel, um, Instagram, which I know is not your favorite place to be on the internet. So like where, if somebody wanted to connect with you, where is the best place to connect? Because what's your favorite place on the internet right now? YouTube is my favorite place on the internet, but I do know that it's hard to, you know, you can't DM me on YouTube. Uh, so Instagram is a thing that I do use. I, li I like Instagram. I just don't, I don't know. You know how Instagram is. Y'all. Yeah. I, <laughs> So I'm at Vacarious on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm on all three of them, Vacarious. You can holler at me any one of those places. Um, if you leave a comment on a, on a YouTube video, it depends if I'll see it or not. Some of, some of my videos have gotten to a point where I don't, I don't get the alerts anymore on those when comments come in. Um, okay. But yeah, I'm, and my DMs are open. You, I like to talk about this stuff. 
if you, if you don't know, I love talking about this. So my DMs are open. I've given y'all my email address, stephanie at vicarious.com. We can talk. We can talk about this. I didn't know that this was going to be my life. And I didn't even know it was possible until somebody else told me about it, right? Those two guys in Brazil who were like, why are you here for five days? And that woman who wrote the blog post about house sitting. So I believe in sharing what I know. I know Adelia does too. I know you do. You yeah. do it all the time. Yeah, and no, that's, that's what I'm all about because I think, you know, like I don't dwell in regret, but I will acknowledge the fact that had I've been able to see people who look like me yes. doing things that I had considered doing, I would have made some different choices in life. Yes. You know, so if I can be that for somebody else, given, you know, how I'm doing things now, well, then I, I try and be, I try and do that. Yes. So here's another good place to reach both of us. Adelia's Facebook group is Solo Sisters. Face, it's probably facebook.com slash group. Slash mm -hmm. solo sisters. Fine. We're there, right? If you have questions, not only are we there, but a community of black women who are traveling and are planning travel. Community is key. Any, yeah. any change that you want to make, any, any like big step that you want to take, it's going to happen because you have the support of a community. And this is where you can find a community. Yeah, it doesn't in. have to be those people in your life. Because how many times have you heard this? Because I know I hear it all the time, you know, like, well, I want to do X thing. But when I tell my friends or when I tell my family, they're like, they're not supportive. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know, that, it's not their thing. It's not their dream. It's not their path yet. Some of them, you know, some of those people who aren't supportive will be asking you exactly how you did it in a few months. So don't count them out. But it's not, you're not going to get support from the same people for this that you got support from for going to college, right? I'm going back yeah. to college. I'm going to quit my job and travel to Bali. You know, two different groups of people are going to give you support. But Solo Sisters is where you will find that support. You are also like the queen of the sabbatical. You probably were the first person I ever saw who, you know, was just like, who looked like me and was like, I'm... I'm, I quit my job. I'm traveling the world. I'm taking this time off. I assume you still talk, you, you enjoy questions about that as well. I love questions about the sabbatical. I am putting together with my sabbatical BFF, we are putting together an entire like experience, <laughs> right? We're putting together an event to get black women on their sabbaticals, right? To get where our whole goal, we want you to quit your job. Basically, all we want in this world is if your dream is to take some time away from work and rest and travel and just do whatever you want, that's what we want for you, okay? So we're hosting an event called Exodus Summit. Adelia is participating in this event, maybe in more ways than she knows yet. <laughs> We are putting together an event full of black women who have done this and who can give you amazing, not just like inspiration and not just like advice, but like the details. Okay. Our goal is by the time this event is done, you will have the framework for your own sabbatical. Even if you think right now it's impossible because I have a family or I have bills or I don't have any money or my health, whatever. Even if you think today it's impossible, we want you to come. We want you to participate 
not just come, but participate. And we want you to get that framework together. We're bringing in some people who are gonna change your whole outlook on what's possible for you. Adelia is one of them. And like I said, she's gonna do more than she knows. <laughs> I'm so excited for it. You can find information at exodussummit.com. So whatever app you're in right now, however you're listening to the podcast now, open up, open up Adelia's podcast right on the, on, the, on the app and go to her show notes or go to her website. Okay. You'll find information about that. I can't wait. It's going to change the outlook of some women's lives. Some women right now who are sick, coming home from work in their car, driving home from work right now, like how many more days am I going to have to go through this? Right. Yeah. We're pulling out their calculators right now and laying down on their sofas right now. Some of those women, their lives are going to look totally different because of what we are going to share, what the information, the help we're going to give them. We're going to come together as a collective, as a community. Okay, so that's enough. I've said enough. But I well, no, but, but <laughs> you know, that, again, that is the genesis of this podcast. That is the genesis of my blog. That's why you do what you do. That's why Sheeta does what she does. Um, you know, we are the beginning of the community. Yes. that that y'all are looking for it's and a so, movement it's yeah a movement. it is a movement we are not here to work and to be workhorses you're not a workhorse you're not here to work yourself to exhaustion and then hope you can eke out a couple of years of good living that's not what your life was set up for uh and we're going to get you if you feel like you're in that groove like you're a record and you're in that groove we're going to get you out of that groove new groove new groove hashtag new groove <laughs> I hope y'all enjoyed Stephanie's story. If you're looking to take your life in a new direction between Stephanie, Rashida, and myself, I think we've got you covered. Um, Rashida will be on the podcast in a couple of weeks, but um, if you want to get any of those links that Stephanie mentioned, be sure to go to my website, pickygirltravelstheworld.com. And on the podcast page are links to everything she mentioned. Uh, in the description of this podcast, you'll also find a link to those show notes as well as a link it, for becoming a patron to the podcast if that is something that interests you. And until next week, I'll talk to you all then. <laughs>